This is The Guardian. Today, cracked glass, loose bolts and pieces dropping off mid-air. After a series of safety problems, what's the future for Boeing? Uh, my name is Bob Sauer, and I am a teacher in Portland, Oregon. I teach at a, at a private school, um, and I teach science. Jet on Friday night, it had just taken off from Portland, Oregon. NPR's Dave Mistich tells us the Alaska Airlines. So the the event actually started a few days before I found the door plug um, on Friday afternoon when the Alaska Airlines plane was taking off from Portland Airport, and at about sixteen thousand feet, uh, the door plug blew out. Um, and so that was on the news uh, on the radio all weekend long here, of course. A week after his iPhone and his shoe and a sock were all sucked out of that hole in the side of an Alaska Airlines flight, a passenger has that phone back tonight and it still works. But the entire terrifying... Um, and then people in my neighborhood started finding some of the things that had blown out of the plane in the rush of air getting out after the door plug had come out. There were a couple cell phones that were located near my house. And I still wasn't very concerned about this. And on Sunday, a friend of mine who lives in the neighborhood uh, called me up and said, maybe you should check your backyard because they haven't found the door plug yet. And I thought, yeah, right. And then I figured, well, maybe I should go out and look. By this time it was dark, so I had a new flashlight. And as I rounded the house, the corner of the house, I noticed something white and gleaming um, under the line of cedar trees along the back of my property. And as I got closer, I saw that it was the door plug. You could say Bob had a lucky escape when on January the 5th, a door plug, which is basically an exit door that's been sealed shut on a plane, blew out 16,000 feet in the air. It landed in his backyard and not on his head. For the people up in the air, it must have been terrifying. To have a hole the size of a fridge ripped out the side of the plane, the strong winds suddenly grasping at their clothes, their hair, laptops, phones, not knowing what would happen next or when they'd make it back to land. The door plug blowing out is one of a series of problems that have been discovered this month alone with planes made by Boeing. A flight in Japan was aborted after a window cracked. A nose wheel dropped off a plane before it got off the runway in Atlanta. After that, safety checks found several loose bolts on Boeing aircraft. 
Today, the company will put out its latest financial results. It faces accusations, which it denies, that it's been putting profits before safety. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, what's gone wrong at Boeing? Jeff Wise, you're a science writer, you specialise in aviation safety, and you're a pilot in your spare time, I understand. What kind of planes is it that you fly? I fly small planes, um, Cessna 172 gliders, um, nothing like the 737 MAX or anything like that. Just just planes right. that carry one to four people. And I mean, you obviously do all your safety checks, but you must have to have a lot of faith in the build quality of this thing that you're getting into and, and putting your life into. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes when I'm up there and I'm looking down at the ground several thousand feet below, I think my life is dependent on people that I don't even know who they are. And I don't know all the details of this plane. I remember years ago, a flight instructor, as we were doing a safety check on the aircraft, he showed me a piece that he called the Jesus bolt, which connected one of the cables to the elevator in the tail. And he said, you know, Mm. if this fails, there's nothing you can do. Your toast. Um, <laughs> and I thought, okay, there's a lot riding on that one little piece of metal. And you're trusting really that the whole system works. And as you go up the chain from small aircraft to larger aircraft, the scrutiny that's given to the system gets more and more rigorous. So that, for instance, a door plug won't go flying out at 16,000 mm. feet. That's just not supposed to happen. Yes, we are emergency. We are depressurized. We do need to return back to. We have 177 passengers. So at first I thought it was just the window, and then I realized it was the whole panel, and that the kid who was sitting in that row, like his seatbelt had saved his life because that's why he didn't have a shirt on, was the suction had just torn it off. Well, let's talk about these two separate incidents that Boeing has had over the past month, these two separate problems. So firstly, a door plug fell off a Boeing 737 MAX 9, which was flying over Portland in Oregon. And then later this month, a nose wheel fell off a 757 in Atlanta. Tonight, a Delta flight that was taxiing for takeoff from Atlanta bound for Columbia, getting this alarming message from a plane nearby. One of your nose tires just came off. It just rolled off the runway uh, behind you. That plane hadn't taken off yet. And we should say in both of those incidents, nobody was injured. But it does sound from the outside concerning that these accidents have happened in such a short space of time. How much of a big deal is it actually? One of them is a big deal. One of them is not a big deal. And I should preface my comments by saying that the Federal Aviation Administration, the regulator of commercial aviation in the United States, has not finished its investigations in either of these incidents. So we don't have a full picture of what happened. But the incident where the door plug blew out uh, at 16,000 feet as a plane was climbing out of uh, Portland, Oregon, that's an extremely concerning case. If it had happened at higher altitude, people could have easily died and the entire plane could have crashed. Um, We just don't really know. It's a a very dangerous, very worrying situation. And there's just no excuse for it. I mean, this this was a brand new airplane and a piece of this brand new airplane just came flying off. 
critical piece, I should say. What about the nose wheel falling off, the problem with the second plane? Things like that happen. It, it wouldn't have attracted any notice whatsoever if this other thing hadn't happened first and sensitized everyone to the danger of Boeing airplanes. This is the problem, parenthetically, that Boeing faces, is that once you start to get a reputation for dangerousness, it's hard to shake. What does it actually take to build a plane like the 737 MAX? Like, how many people would be involved in building one plane and how complex is it? I think pe- people don't really realize how complicated the, the production of an aircraft is. Nobody even really knows how, exactly how many pieces there are in an airplane. It's like a million, maybe more. And they're run by computers that are running millions of lines of code. So it's really kind of beyond the the comprehension of a, of a single human. You need a whole community of experts to put one of these things together. And yes, Boeing has 140,000 something employees, which make a, a range of, of aircraft. They don't make them alone. The, the real challenge of building a modern airliner isn't so much designing it or making sure that all the pieces fit together. It's making sure that all of the human individuals and all the different systems come together without mm-hmm. mistakes. And if you start to cut corners, it can result in these kind of butterfly effects that play out down the road and can be very hard to fix. How many planes are they selling each year at the moment? And around about how much money would they be making? They have a massive order book at this point. It's like 4,000 737s for Boeing. And they cost about $100 million each. And the orders come in and, and they rise and fall. But you, they, they typically would get like 150 orders per year or something, depending on the economic conditions. Most air travel takes place on these smaller planes. People t- fly a lot more like London to Paris or, or New York to Chicago than they do Singapore to Dubai, you know. So this is a massive market. I mean, imagine... 4,000 planes on your order book each cost $100 million. It's a lot of money. Right, so they dominate the market, but Boeing's had really significant problems in the past, specifically with the 737 Maxes. In 2018 and 2019, there were two fatal plane crashes. But first, as Nora mentioned, we have breaking news from Indonesia. A Lion Air Boeing 737 MAX 8 carrying 189 people crashed into the sea this morning. Rescuers have located debris, but they do not expect to find any survivors. Our breaking news, an Ethiopian Airlines flight has crashed shortly after takeoff from Addis Ababa, killing all 157 passengers and crew thought to be on board. The airline told state media there were people of more than 30 nationalities among the dead. Those cases did so much to damage Boeing's credibility and reputation for safety. This poor man lost his wife and three children in the Ethiopian crash. He's not impressed by Boeing. It was up to Boeing and the others in charge to save them. We paid for a safe flight. But instead, my family and others in that plane have suffered a profound loss that can never be mended. Why did those planes crash? They had built an updated version of 
a venerable airplane, the 737, which had started flying in the 60s. And rather than start with a clean sheet design, they had just added increasingly larger engines to the 737. And they wound up with an airplane that was dynamically unstable. The engines were so large and positioned in such a way in the aircraft that uh, under certain conditions, the, the plane would enter into a very dangerous state. Um, and so to prevent this, they added an automated system called MCAS. And this is what's called an augment, a stability augmentation system, which basically would kind of take control of the airplane if the pilot got it into a, uh, a certain speed um, attitude configuration. Unfortunately, they didn't tell pilots about this. And so in these cases in Ethiopia and Indonesia, the pilots found themselves battling a system that they didn't know about. It's almost like there was a gremlin in the plane. Boeing came to my office shortly after these crashes and said they were the result of pilot error. Those pilots never had a chance. These loved ones never had a chance. They were in flying coffins as a result of Boeing deciding that it was going to conceal MCAS from the pilots. After those crashes in 2018 and 2019, the FAA, the regulator, investigated and and they found that that MCAS software that you talked about was at fault. What did they do to punish Boeing for that? How did they hold them responsible? Well, I mean, it wasn't just the FAA. The Justice Department launched a criminal inquiry. Boeing is agreeing to pay $2.5 billion for conspiracy to defraud the FAA in connection with the evaluation of the 737 MAX airplane. In its statement, the Department of Justice says the tragic crashes exposed fraudulent and deceptive conduct by employees of one of the world's leading commercial airplane manufacturers adding that Boeing employees chose a path of profit over candor by concealing material information from the FAA to cover up their deception. And families of the victims complained that this was too lenient. We're putting our voice out there about Boeing and the FAA um, and their safety culture and how they put profits before human safety. But as part of that settlement, the FAA was supposed to keep an extra watch on Boeing. This was taken extremely seriously, and Boeing was supposed to be under extra scrutiny. And indeed, in the case of these 737 MAX crashes that killed so many people, ultimately, they found some scapegoats. They found these test pilots who they said, oh, these people didn't, weren't fully honest with us when they were taking the, the, the test flights. Scapegoats. If you see a a mouse in your kitchen, you don't have a mouse. You have probably dozens or hundreds of mice, right? That's just the one mouse you're seeing. The same principle applies to aviation safety. I believe production problems at the Renton factory may have contributed to these two tragic crashes. But I don't believe our regulators are paying enough attention to that factory, and I'm calling for further investigation. The culture that you're talking about at Boeing clearly was problematic because employees started to whistleblow, mm. didn't they, to the media. And then employees actually went on and testified to Congress about how worried they'd been. I formally warned Boeing leadership in writing on multiple occasions, specifically once before the Lion Air crash 
and again before the Ethiopian Airlines crash about potential airplane risk due to the unstable operating environment within the factory. Those warnings were ignored. I should say that Boeing admitted full responsibility for the crash in Ethiopia and it agreed to pay $2.5 billion in funds, including $500 million compensation to the families of the people who died both in that crash and in the crash in Indonesia the year before. What did the US government go on to actually do about these systematic problems that Boeing employees were testifying to them were happening in the company? For years, the the FAA had allowed Boeing essentially to inspect and regulate itself. And so actually Boeing employees were kind of designated as FAA examiners. You can see how this system might not work. Right. They were marking their own homework, essentially. Yeah. And guess what? (laughs) They let a lot of things slide. And uh, the dangers of this are evident. And it sort of fits into the broader problem of what's called regulatory capture, where when a company amasses enough clout, enough market dominance, they begin to maybe massive political donors. And you can obviously get a, a situation revolving door with the regulatory agency where, you know, people that work at the corporation wind up staffing the regulatory agency and so forth. This is why we're in this situation. This is a problem of corruption. It's ultimately not a problem of engineering at all, but it's a problem of people not doing the right thing because they're being economically incentivized to not do the right thing. Right. Because Boeing's not just a major airplane manufacturer, but one of the largest aerospace manufacturers in the world it's got contracts with the US government to supply rockets, satellites, missiles. It's a very powerful company. Those fatal crashes in 2018 and 2019 really damaged Boeing's reputation. But did they lose orders because of it? These, these crashes in 2018 and 2019 definitely severely impacted Boeing's reputation. And to make matters worse, as these planes were grounded, the COVID pandemic struck. And so you had the entire aviation industry kind of grinding to a halt. And so it's hard to really tease out one from the other. But what's clear is that Airbus suffered less from the COVID crisis than Boeing did. So Airbus is Boeing's big rival. They almost have a duopoly. Yeah, they absolutely have a duopoly. How's the race between them gone over the years? So Airbus and Boeing essentially are the only manufacturers of the kind of airplane that you think of as a commercial airliner, right? If you want to get on a plane that flies 150 to 200 people or 350 people, it's going to be made by either Boeing or Airbus. And over the years, Airbus has gone from strength to strength. And if you look at the market share in the last decade, especially after running neck and neck for many years, Boeing has really stumbled. They have failed to invest in new airplanes. Aviation is very safe, but it should be very safe. We have very high standards for it, and we should have very high standards for it. What was so shocking about the 737 MAX crashes was that they were totally unnecessary. And what Boeing did, the reason that the 737 MAX has crashed was because of incompetence. Because Boeing had saved money, they had prioritized profit over safety, 
Um, and as a result, they had killed the goose that laid the golden egg, that being a rigorous engineering operation that over the years and decades of hard work and scrupulousness had built a product that the public had come to rely on. Introducing the American Airlines 767. Our new plane. You know, I still can't get over all this space. Almost every passenger gets a window or an aisle seat, plus loads of carry-on room. Now this is an airplane pilots dream about. Welcome aboard. Come share the excitement. Boeing had it made back in, say, the 80s and the 90s in the, in the heyday. When they were reaping the benefits of the care and the diligence that they had exerted in the decades up to that time, which they've now squandered. It's a lot easier to betray trust than to build trust. Um, when they have built new airplanes, they've been trouble plagued, especially in comparison to something like um, the A350, which Airbus started putting into the air about a decade ago. Oh, and, and, and now the FAA just uh, shut down several factories. And so <laughs> Boeing is really in a tight place. Coming up, in an industry based on trust, can Boeing win it back? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Gwyn Topham, you're the transport correspondent for The Guardian. 
And I'm interested in how people are feeling about flying on Boeing planes at the moment. You know, given those two problems they've had in the US this month and the memory that people might have of those crashes in 2018 and 2019, flying is statistically a very safe way to travel, so much safer than driving. But that, of course, doesn't stop people from worrying about it. What are you hearing from people who read your columns at the moment? Well, there are two things that strike me. One, every time we write about any problem at Boeing Aeroplane now, people seem to want to read about it, which suggests that people are terrified. But on the other hand, the clear evidence is that people get on the plane and they just don't think about it. Particularly Ryanair have got some good evidence on this, which is a couple of years ago when they brought in the 737 MAX, which was a plane that had clearly, as you say, crashed in horrible circumstances. They offered every passenger the chance to transfer to a different plane, a full refund, and they say at no point has anybody raised any concern. So I think, theoretically, it's one of those things that terrify people. You see, our wheels falling off, a window's cracked, uh, a door obviously blowing out in Alaska, one of the most terrifying incidents we've seen, short of a crash. But when it comes to it, people book their flight and they don't really think what they're getting on. How likely is it that if you catch a plane in the UK or across Europe, that you'd be on a Boeing 737 MAX? You've got a a relatively small chance at the moment, and you've got zero chance of getting on the specific model that was grounded on the Alaska Airlines plane. That's a 737 MAX 9. And even within that, there's a certain configuration of seats that has a a plug door attached. That is the thing that blew out. And nobody in Europe is flying a plane like that. And, you know, you speak to the bosses of travel companies and airlines. What are they doing at the moment, even given the fact that you're so unlikely to be getting on a Boeing 737 MAX within Europe? What are they doing if anything, to try and reassure passengers who might be concerned? Well, Ryanair are pretty much the biggest operator of 737s in general, and now the 737 MAX. They placed a massive order, partly in a very Ryanair way, in the sort of fire sale when the MAX was grounded. They ordered hundreds of these planes, and they've ordered hundreds more. Thank you, David. Here with Michael O'Leary, CEO of Ryanair, Dave Calhoun, CEO of Boeing, Huge order, up to 300 MAX 10s, list price over $40 billion, but significant discounts were agreed to. How did this come together, Michael? We've had it been challenged getting a, a reasonable pricing deal out of this guy here on my left-hand side. But I think, you know, we've, uh, we met in January. And partly, Michael O'Leary's logic is this plane has been scrutinized too more than any other plane now in history. It's been certified by everybody independently. It's been re-examined, redesigned. And what he is mainly concerned about, or a lot of airlines are concerned about who have ordered them, is because there are so many problems at Boeing. These planes are now arriving on the market a lot slower. So Ryanair, for example, was expecting to fly another sort of few million more passengers next year and now says it can't because it's just not getting the planes in time from Boeing. And I think the last couple of years, Boeing has slipped behind Airbus in that great rivalry between the two big plane manufacturers. And that's been the first time in history, really, that you've seen Boeing lose this preeminent position as the the one person making the planes that everybody wanted to fly. Okay, because they just can't fulfil the orders that people are putting in. Yeah. Mm. Once an airline's bought a plane, are they then responsible for its maintenance? Yes, they do initial checks and then they sometimes will have a kind of 
service contract, but generally it's like they will maintain those planes. Speaking to Michael O'Leary, they send in their own engineers to the plants to have their own oversight of what's going on. And when the plane's delivered, they do their own once over. But after that, they maintain it. Planes have a very good safety record. And the last year has been an incredibly safe year for international plane travel. Mm. It's interesting to consider, isn't it, how much stories like this actually impact people. You know, as you're going to book your next holiday, do you think about the airline that you're flying with? Or do you think about the type of plane that you're flying on? Oh, crikey. I think the truth is people think about fares. They might think a bit about the airline, but generally, you know, how big's the seat? What are you going to be watching? What are you going to be eating? Am I going to pay more for my bags? But I think passengers rightly feel my plane should be safer. (laughs) And bar the infinitely small but horrific times that things go wrong, they're usually right. So, Jeff, at the same time, Boeing's been planning to increase the number of planes it makes each month in its plant in Washington state from 38 to 50, which still sounds like so many of these very, very complex machines to be putting out. The FAA has stopped it for now because of the safety concerns while it investigates what happened in the past month. How badly will that hurt the company, limiting the number of planes that they can make? It it, it has been quite remarkable to see the response. I think that this door plug, even though nobody was killed, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, where people are like, they're fed up. You know, it gets to a point where it's just like enough already. Um, I, I can't take it anymore. You're seeing airline CEOs just really going off and expressing real anger at Boeing for letting this problem fester. CEO Minakuchi says Alaska technicians have found more loose bolts on grounded planes. We found, you know, some uh, some loose bolts on uh, many of our Max Nine. So those many, yeah. Uh, so those are things that are going to be rectified uh, through the inspection process. It makes you mad. Um, it makes you mad that we're finding issues like that on brand new airplanes. How feasible is it for airlines to say if they've put in orders with Boeing, they now think, hmm, maybe we should switch away. How easy would it be for an airline to switch from Boeing to a rival? It is extremely difficult for an airline to switch from Boeing to Airbus or vice versa for that matter. It takes a lot of money to train people in an individual aircraft type. This is why Boeing, by the way, one of the main reasons why Boeing built a new version of the 737 is they wanted to allow airlines to keep using pilots who had been trained on the earlier version. They they, they worried that if they introduced a radically new type of plane, that would give airlines a kind of off-ramp to switch to Airbus. If you're going to have to retrain all your pilots, it makes it suddenly more viable to switch to a whole different airliner. And also the fact that because only two manufacturers are making all of the airplanes used around the world and more and more of the world wants airliners, the two of them, they can't build the planes fast enough. And there's nowhere really else for them to go. There are other countries that that are trying to get in the game, notably Embraer in Brazil and Bombardier in Canada. The Chinese have also started building a small airliner. But it will take time for these other competitors to match what Boeing and Airbus have now. But the 
incentive is extremely strong, and the payoff once you get it is enormous. Well, for the time being, if we're going to fly, we're likely to get on board a Boeing plane at some point. And I don't want to alarm anybody. You know, these have been two accidents that have happened within one month. But fundamentally, as we said, flying is comparatively a very safe thing to do. If people are feeling nervous, you know, what should the industry be doing? What should regulators be doing right now to reassure us that it's safe to get on board a Boeing plane? That's a great question. And the answer ultimately is they need to replace the Boeing board. They need to replace the entire leadership of Boeing and put it in new hands. And they should put it in the hands of engineers, frankly. They should return to being famous as an engineering company primarily and not a financial engineering company, which is what they are. In the short term, trust is an emotional reaction and it doesn't really respond that well to rational arguments. Mm. My wife is flying to Los Angeles on Monday and she said, I'm going to make sure I'm not flying on a Boeing. I could say to her, look, statistically, Boeings are quite safe. Mm. That's not what she really wants to hear. It's ridiculously safe, even now. But that is no consolation, frankly. Jeff, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was Jeff Wise, and before him, Bob Sauer and Gwyn Topham. Jeff has a podcast, which is really interesting. It's about the mysterious disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. You'll probably remember that that plane went missing 10 years ago, and still so little is known about why. In this podcast, Jeff and his co-host Andy Tarnoff pick apart the conspiracy theories that are built up about that flight to try and get closer to the truth of what actually happened. That podcast's called Deep Dive MH370. We contacted Boeing about today's episode, and a spokesperson told us that in the wake of the 2018 and 19 accidents, the company made broad and deep changes, including to the design of the 737 MAX, to ensure that accidents like these never happen again. They pointed out that Boeing hasn't made a profit since 2018. And they said that in the wake of the January the 5th accident, that's the door plug falling out, Boeing leaders have been fully transparent on the need to focus on improving quality in order to regain the trust of our customers and the travelling public. Gwyn will keep on writing about the problems at Boeing, train strikes in the UK and all the other big transport stories at theguardian.com. That's it for today. I'm Hannah Moore. And this episode was produced by Tom Glasser and Natalie Katena. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. And the executive producer was Phil Maynard. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.